Welcome to Confessions of History Geeks, a Museum of North Idaho podcast. For over 50 years, the museum has collected, preserved, and interpreted the history of North Idaho. Confessions of History Geeks is recorded in the historic J.C. White House, which is currently being remodeled, and is brought to you by a grant from the Idaho Humanities Council. Special thanks goes to James Supp of Coronado Trading Company for assistance with this podcast. The Museum of North Idaho is a nonprofit that appreciates its members, donors, and community for their support. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the show, everyone. Once again, I am your host, Sarah Jane Ruggles, and I am a local public historian and instructor of U.S. history at North Idaho College. June is National Pride Month, and the Museum of North Idaho is taking part in the month-long festivities and initiatives throughout our community, which are meant to educate and advocate for LGBTQ plus people and groups. Both of our podcast episodes this month are part of the initiative to educate today's listeners as well as tomorrow's generations by capturing living history for future historians. In order to do this, we will be discussing the issues facing LGBTQ plus people and groups in our community and discuss the resources that our civic engagement leaders have made available to us all in 2021. In this episode, I will be discussing these resources with Jessica Mahiran. She is the outreach coordinator for the North Idaho Pride Alliance and the board president of the Civic Engagement Alliance. Jessica, we are absolutely honored to have you with us today, and I am excited for historians 100 years from now who get to listen to this and learn about the work you did in our community in 2021. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Sarah and the Museum of North Idaho for joining us in our efforts to raise awareness for Pride Month. Yoo-hoo! Let's let's have some fun this month. (laughs) I would love to give you the opportunity before we jump into all this, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and tell our listeners about the roles that you play in connecting people and organizations in our region. And um, as I know, you wear many hats. I, I do wear many hats. Um, <laughs> well, with the North Idaho Pride Alliance, I started off with the organization back in 2019, and I was brought on just as like a volunteer kind of coordinator. Mm-hmm. Uh, that role certainly has grown over the last, uh, you know, going on almost two years. And so I, I am the one and only um, part-time um, staff person. It is a huge blessing for them to have somebody that can help manage the organization. Uh, they did wonders, though, being a 100% volunteer organization in the past. But I think now this really has allowed them to move forward. So I'm doing everything from like meeting with volunteers, coordinating with volunteers, helping with fundraising efforts, you know, organizing events. Um, you know, all of these things that we're doing for Pride Month, I mean, all these different, you know, events or initiatives or actions that we're taking uh, to be champions for inclusion here in our community. Uh, So juggling that, um, what I also do, I did start a nonprofit uh, called the Civic Engagement Alliance, you know, and what that is, is that our mission is to, you know, 
encourage active participation in both civic and community life, and that can look different things, you know, from doing uh, get out the vote, uh, nonpartisan voter registration or education, or we organize things like a giant kindness cards project where we had over 3,500 uh, cards uh, sent to first responders and uh, teachers and healthcare workers and, you know, frontline workers, you know, from right. over 30, you know, organizations in the community. So stay pretty busy. I mean, kind of what I just call myself because I have so many titles is that I'm a community organizer and that's really where my spirit is in, is in the community and the people and the organizations and having a deep knowledge of, of what's happening. I'm so thankful for the work you do and the positivity that you spread. That's so needed in every era, not just the era that we find ourselves in now, but all of them. So thank you so much. Um, and you make me feel incredibly lazy. So thank you for that. <laughs> I need to get busy doing some things here. Uh, but before we dive deeper into your work, which we will be doing because it is incredibly exciting, uh, I want to learn more about your story and your background. So I would love to start at the beginning I'd love for you to tell me about where you're from, um, where were you born, and when? I was born in Seattle, Washington, awesome. 1982. So my parents had grown up in Eastern Washington, actually Cheney, Washington. That was where they were high school sweethearts. Aww. My dad, they got married very young. My dad went to the um, University of Washington, studying to be an engineer, and so they had me when they were like 20. So I grew up in Western Washington pretty much all my life and growing up, and then I went to college at in Olympia, Washington at the Evergreen State College. Mm -hmm. So I lived there about 10 years, so I definitely... Someone could probably easily find my kind of bohemian, free-spirited roots. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Love it. And maybe I've always been someone who's been passionate about causes. And so I've lived here now for almost 15 years. Wow. In, in here in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Holy cow. That's awesome. And so I don't want to assume... I don't want to read too much into this, but I'm sensing that you're a bit of a type A personality. Just a tad. Am I right? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> but I am someone you're who, awesome. when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to put all my energies in getting it done. <laughs> well, what I, would, I would love to travel back to the 80s and know you as a kid. Have you always been pretty outgoing or were you pretty shy as a I kid? I was very up? shy, actually. Really? I, um, it's interesting as I am an introvert through and through. Really? Um, yeah. So, but I am like an empathetic, you know, type of personality, but I was a huge bookworm my entire growing up. I was definitely a misfit. Um, and so I think though that teaches you, um, compassion, you know, you're identifying with different characters and in, in novels and, um, maybe you know what it's like to be someone who's bullied or you know what it's like to not fit in wow. and it definitely leaves you with a desire to make things better. Did you have a certain book or an author that helped you get through like times that you remember really falling in love with or a character that you fell in love with a lot growing up? Well, there's so many, but one thing that just pops in my head right now is like the plays of Tennessee Williams. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and I loved reading those, you know, 
I think also played some, you know, really was able to show some kind of eccentric characters and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, John Steinbeck, you know, all, I mean, I just was very into, um, literature at the time. Good literature. Not even, not (laughs) even like young adult, you know, like Junie Moon or anything like that. This is good, hearty stuff. (laughs) This is really awesome stuff. Oh my gosh. So, um, so did your whole family come to Coeur d'Alene? Or did you just, did you venture out on your own when you came 15 years ago or? Um, well, my family had, my parents and my sisters had moved back to Spokane Valley. My parent, but that was well before I came. Mm. And uh, my dad, uh, being an engineer, was working at the time for Kaiser Aluminum. He worked at Boeing for a long, long time. And it was one of those things in your life where Everything was going wrong for me at the time. I had lost my place to live. I had lost my particular place of employment. I was in my young 20s and just seemed like a change needed to happen. So I first moved to the area and Spokane, because I lived in Olympia, which is actually, it's a really nice town. I mean, you got yeah. you've got 40,000 people. You still have that small town feel, but right. you had all the culture too of like a lot of the Seattle in it. So right. Spokane, while I do enjoy going there, it felt too big, too too much. And I, I took a little day trip to Coeur d'Alene and fell in love with it. I thought that it was so pleasant. It was, I thought people were really friendly. It was beautiful. I did no research, none about the area mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> to know that it might have been a little different it might have been a big difference for what I was used to and um I you know got a job and then you know eventually you build relationships I'm married you know I mean I have a life here and when did you know that you wanted to pursue civic engagement as your career as your like field of focus when was that when did you realize that was your calling I think it's when a lot of people got engaged and involved, and that was in November 2016, I think, for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So, and really trying to dig deep. I was not someone who, while I was always passionate about causes, I was not necessarily, you know, politically involved. Um, How I really got, you know, really involved, as a lot of people don't know this, I was very involved with the Medicaid Expansion Ballot Initiative. So I was like a county leader here. And this was a great way. I'm still someone who's all about building common ground around issues that most people can get behind. And so I think that's where I'm going door knocking, going tabling, collecting signatures. And then um, it was an enormous amount of work. And I would say that was a great expression of civic engagement. And that's when I really, over that last year, I learned that I had some sort of talent for organizing um, when it comes to... And, and meeting like campaign goals, I would say. Yeah. Um, so I had that year, it was before we even were a real nonprofit, me and a few high school students who had gotten lo- involved with the Students Demand Action Group actually at the time, and they did yeah. the March for Our Lives. And we organized a, a civic action festival, and this was in 2018. And so we had all of these different candidates from all sides of the aisles. We had nonprofits, we had um, grassroots kind of civic groups, all at this big festival, and it was a big voter registration. And where event. was that? This was at City Park. In Coeur d'Alene. In Coeur d'Alene, yeah. Okay. We had food trucks, we had you know rock painting activity, and it was awesome. all like this civic engagement festival. But you know, really I learned a lot from even that experience. It's all about outreach. And so you can 
do a huge event trying to inspire that, but it's really always about meeting people where they are. You know, it's setting up that voter registration table at Heritage Health. It's doing, you know, going door to door and asking them, you know, like if they need help and if they, if they're aware of an election, like we were doing just recently for the post falls school levy. So that gives you a little idea. So I don't know if it's my career for life, but that's where I had felt really inspired. And I felt like there was a gap in this community for that type of work. And so have been doing it in one way or another. Wow. Well, I'm sure you've met people whose story has touched you based on the the organization that you've put together uh, with these initiatives. Um, does anything really stand out to you that was like, wow, this person really touched my soul because of the work I did? I mean, I, I can't believe the, the work I did really made an impact on their life. Have you had those kind of aha moments? Like, I made a difference in, to this person. Have you had those moments that will stay with you forever type thing? Yes. I mean, even for this organization, North Idaho Pride Alliance, I mean, there's been times where just there's a young person out in the community who, you know, feels isolated, feels alone, and just knowing that you helped, you know, their parent or loved one with a referral to a teen group. I mean, that's so small. And then they start to grow as a human being and feeling comfortable and happy, you know, and have peers. That makes a huge difference in someone's well-being. I, you know, when we did this giant kindness cards campaign, I had, you know, a teacher who had, obviously it's been not the easiest year for teachers in so many ways and how she had already had a really, really rough day, but getting that card, you know, like thanking her for all her work, you know, really lifted up her spirits. So yeah, I guess that's when you are not someone, when you work for causes, you're definitely not working for money. You know what? Yeah. (laughs) Because you find your purpose, you yeah. find this, you know, all of a sudden you realize, wow, I, yeah. this is why I have this gift. Yeah. I have this gift to connect with people and you have gone outside of that introverted self and you've reached out. That's amazing. And you've made innumerable bridges, um, to all these people. I think you've made impacts beyond what you could even fathom. I mean, all it takes is one little seed of sunshine and kindness in somebody and it grows into a life that they didn't know was even possible. And so that's, like you said, that's that one teen group that you can set them up with. That's that one initiative that you can let them know is there so they know that there's safety, there's an outlet, there's a hug, there's something there for them. Um, So thank you for doing that. So let's talk about what's happening this month. Your work at the North Idaho Pride Alliance has been incredibly impactful to people in our community and not just for LGBTQ people, for all of us. There are initiatives available to every single person in this community. It's a place of acceptance. It's a place of welcoming. Do you think you could put into words what the Pride Alliance has meant to this community? as a whole. You know, I first need to definitely give kudos to Julie Stratton, who is the founder of this organization and with her late mother, Ruth Ann. And I think that what Julie has, the infrastructure she had built, which is, it was always the pride in the park. It was doing youth summits. It was being this fearless champion, you know, for LGBTQ people and, you know, doing those first pride events. And so for now, when I, 
finally, you know, when I was able to come in, you know, things, having that just dedicated person who can do things day in and day out, um, I think now has just expanded on what it's able to do mm-hmm. and organize. And it's also coming to know what it is that we're more of a network, hence being an alliance. So I would say that, you know, this has been beautiful, just connecting with Brit, you know, and all of you at the Museum of North Idaho. And one of our hopes and dreams was there to be like pride exhibits and, and cultural things like this, like podcasts. And, yeah. and, and now that HREI has a beautiful like icons and activists um, exhibit, or you might be working with a library, you know, the community library network. I mean, the more you can network around this and create opportunities and the volunteers themselves, that is really, you know, the, the joy here is like, we have a blog. So someone, you know, who has a voice or has a message, we have a platform to put it on. We have, we are inclusive so we can bring people in and, and utilize people's talents and we still are pretty grassroots. So, yep. you know, we are able to be nimble and creative and, you know, and, and do all sorts of fun things. And I think that it's, it's been wonderful. You can go to so many businesses now and see a CDA for pride sticker. And you would think that's just a sticker that doesn't mean much, but I know for a lot of people, like they see that on like Thomas hammer and like, Oh my God, this is somewhere where I am safe, where I am included. And it means so much to people, or you can go to Midtown Monarch or see it, you know, they're popping up everywhere, this sticker. And I think it sends the right type of message that we need here for North Idaho. I think that the truth of the matter is honestly, we have been stigmatized because of our past, you know, and things that very much still exist. And I think that's important. We did not just root out the Aryan nations and, and hate and no longer live here. Yeah. It's manifested in a different way. And, but we need this to still be viable as a community to bring people in. And you know what, when you mentioned the, the sticker, it made me think back on, I grew up here. Uh, we moved here when I was seven. And I remember when I was a kid, there was, um, the local, uh, sheriff's department would come to our schools and they would tell us about the safe place signs. And it was the safe place initiative and you would look on local businesses and there would be a picture of like a hug um, and it was a safe place. And if you were, it was like drilled into us because domestic violence was such a big deal and, and abuse in our community. And I remember my parents would drive me around town and I would see this sticker on businesses. I remember being like, if I was out and about, cause I mean, I was in a very safe home, thank goodness. But I remember, okay, if I'm out and about, I would remember that business. If, if somebody came up to me and offered me candy or something, I would remember I could go to that business and that was a safe place. So when you talk about, you know, it, it might just be a sticker to somebody that stays with a kid that they go, oh, that's a safe place for me. If I feel like maybe I don't feel like I can be comfortable and where I'm at. So it's, it may be more than a sticker for a lot of people and it stays with them. So thank you for doing that. Yes. And also the love lives here. We've been, um, ongoing partners with that. And you know, that's been a program under the human rights education, same thing. You know, I think it means a lot to people to see that message, you know, on buildings. It does. It's so positive. It makes me proud when I see it that it does. Cause I can look at my daughters and say, 
this is what you need to exhibit as somebody who comes from Coeur d'Alene, that love does live within you, and we exhibit that to anybody who comes to our town. And so not only are there events and initiatives happening this month of June, which anyone can take part in, and they can look them up on the North Idaho Pride Alliance website, but this organization is a safe haven and a place of acceptance 365 days a year. And I was wondering if you could help our listeners understand what kind of resources you guys offer on a daily basis to people. Yeah, one project that we worked on this year that was really key is um, expanding our LGBTQ resources that we have available and really digitizing that. Mm. Uh, So the founder, Julie Stratton, she was an amazing speaker, amazing speaker, and she held workshops. And so she had this plethora of like, just awesomeness, you know, that needed to be digitized. So kind of like with the museum, how you might be digitizing photos, we had to go through that process of digitizing all of that. So I had um, a couple of uh, work study interns from the North Idaho College kind of help with this. And we started using this uh, system called Airtable, which is this really awesome collaborative cloud-based tool that we're able to create all sorts of categories. So someone could go to our website and go to Um, resources and you're going to find things on you know how to report discrimination and other kind of educational resources Um, we have a whole plethora of mental health and counseling resources or crisis hotlines Um, healthcare um, you know there are often if you're you know whether you're trans or you need you need to say a healthcare provider that can definitely help address some of those um, needs that have had that training we have that Um, We also have for LGBTQ youth, so there is a variety of support groups or educational resources, or I cannot reiterate how important GSA clubs are for to have in school. What's GSA? I'm sorry. GSA, it could either be like a uh, gay straight alliance or um, that's what it's commonly known for, but they're really positive for young people for having, you know, their student led. Mm -hmm. Um, You can find any of this, all these resources at the nipridealliance.com slash resources. Uh, and really, we even have a lending library. A lot of people don't know that we've we've cataloged all of our books, so awesome. those are available. And you know, or documentaries. So if you're an educator and you're looking for something, um, definitely take a look at our website. Yeah, it's really a wealth of stuff. So now people can go there all the time. But I might be helping people. You know, they contact us not just through like email or phone. It could be you know through social media. It th- could be all sorts of different ways looking for different resources. Right. That's incredible. I'm so thankful that that resource is there. And I know that the museum, now coming back to what we are doing in June, I know the Museum of North Idaho is going to be a stop on the Pride Night Out whoop, event on June 16th, which sounds like a ton of fun. So that's gonna be exciting. Uh, I was wondering which event you're most looking forward to in June, because it sounds like you guys have some amazing events lined up. Oh my, I feel like I'm looking forward to all of them, but there's like the two events that I have probably have very different moods that I'm really kind of passionate about. The one is there is on June 9th, it's called the Inclusion and Faith Panel and Short Documentaries. And we have an amazing panel of you know faith leaders. Uh, we have a mother of a transgender child who came from an evangelical background. Wow. We have someone who is a member of the LGBTQ community who grew up in a religious household who sadly, unfortunately, did go through conversion therapy. And we have a child and adolescent psychiatrist. And so we really wanted to have a conversation about kindness and inclusion and faith. And I know it's really complex and emotional, 
but there's been, you know, occurrences in our own community and it, you know, you kind of eventually you have to go, as they say in causes, you have to go up the river and you have yep. to see where it's coming from and having a conversation that is welcoming and open, I think is really key. So I'm looking forward to that one. Um, the moderator, her name's Evangeline. She is a beautiful trans woman who had spoken at our rally to support LGBTQ youth. And so I'm really glad to have her back in that role. Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the month, on a completely different note, is we have Pride on the Runway, which sold out, but I am so excited <laughs> uh, because this is going to be like this awesome evening. Of, That's like, a great drag. problem to have. Yeah, drag, music. There's going to be like interactive art. There's nice. It's just going to be amazing. So you need a bigger venue. That's yeah. what you need. Yeah. I know we were trying to be like kind of COVID friendly when we were thinking about having all these like events that were smaller, mm -hmm. but next go around. Yeah. We're probably going to have to have a much bigger venue so we can sell even more tickets. <laughs> so. The JC White House might be open. <laughs> by then. I had a lot of I'm people just... like, you can have a drag show here. <laughs> so. Wow. So as I thought it, that sounds so exciting. Uh, and as we sit here in 2021, what do you think the biggest challenges are facing LGBTQ youth today and, and what can we do as a community moving forward? Because I'd love to, part of what we do this for is so historians can look back on what we were like in 2021 in Coeur d'Alene. I would give anything to sit in their seat listening to this 100 years from now. And I'd love to know where we are 100 years from now. Hopefully we've made some giant steps. And I know that we will have moved forward because of the work you're doing in 2021. But what are the, the challenges that we're facing right now? And what can we all do to go forward together? I don't know if I'm the best person to speak on this but I will say that some of the biggest challenges is what gets politicized and what really just shouldn't mm. um, I think when you start saying that I'm not going to fund this public school because you have staff that is supportive of LGBTQ youth that's very troubling to have that message be put out in our community because it, it makes them the reason that nobody can get an education. It makes them the problem at that point, right? I mean, it just, that's awful. When you have situations where parents who are struggling, you know, with accepting and loving their child, who then remove their child from those public school environments because they've come out as, you know, they've come out, that's troubling. It's troubling when we've got to just work through this as a community and create more support. And this is literally, you know, I just read today that one accepting adult can help decrease the chances of an LGBTQ youth from committing suicide by 40% just by having one adult. And that's what's key. And that's why we have to, as a community, be consistent and loving, you know, towards our, all of our young people. Well, I hope that this podcast can be shared with the youth that are here in our community and know that we are doing this because we care and because we love and because we want to move together forward. I really, really want to thank you for being here. And for one last question, if I haven't annoyed you enough already with my nosiness, uh, but is, is there a message uh, on behalf of the Pride Alliance that that you would like to send out to anyone who's struggling with feeling different or ostracized in this community right now about knowing the resources that you guys have so lovingly put together. Is there anything that you would say to them who might be clicking on this and listening and looking for an answer? The ongoing theme of 
North Idaho Pride Alliance's Pride Month has always been live, love, be united. And that is our message and that is our atmosphere. And it's not, you know, we welcome all into our organization and events, but we also network with many other organizations that are also deeply committed to the spirit of inclusion and find your people. I mean, there are, there are people in this community that champion, you know, diversity, inclusion, and uh, compassion, all of these things, it exists. And just get connected with, with us or get connected, go to our website and take a look at our commu- other community organizations and you will find many outlets and communities for you to enjoy that will love you and appreciate you just for who you are. As an individual, what can I do personally if I want to help and support the Alliance? Well, um, if you're just interested in coming to an event, you could RSVP. If you're interested in making a donation to sustain our programming, that option is there. If you're interested in just trying to help maybe a loved one or a friend with some resources, take a look at our resources and be an ally where we all need to help connect people to what's out there. Well, thank you so much. And we know that the Museum of North Idaho is always going to be one of those safe places. So thank you so much for being here. Yes. And please, you know, for to learn all about our events for Pride Month or to check out our LGBTQ resources, go to nipridealliance.com. Perfect. Perfect. So thank you so much for joining us today and for helping us capture some living history for tomorrow's historians. Thank you also for the work that you are doing to further positivity and acceptance in our community. And I look forward to celebrating with you this month. To our listeners, be sure to join us next time when I interview one of our esteemed Idaho State police officers who is also a member of our uh, LGBTQ community in North Idaho. She will share with us some of her story and talk about the reality of what it is like to walk in her shoes. So it is going to be a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much.